Welcome to Cashflow Diary, a podcast where we discuss business, money, real estate, and the sharing economy. As a full-time real estate investor, entrepreneur, and all-around problem solver, I have had the privilege of developing individuals into powerful business owners. And today, the focus turns towards you. Our mission is to help you build your real estate empire by leveraging strategies to grow yourself, your mind, and your wallet. Let's get started. Recently, my wife and I, we took a trip to Charlotte, North Carolina. Well, while we were there, we stayed at another short-term rental. The short-term rental was obviously being operated by a completely different host, and it serves as a great opportunity to do some research, possibly learn some things. And what ended up transpiring is I was able to find a number of things that I believe the host could improve. But most importantly, I figured if I just showed you in real time exactly how it went down and the things that I saw, that you would be able to learn some lessons too. Here we go. Hey guys, so uh, we're here, we're in Charlotte. It's late in the morning, it's early morning, California time right now. And uh, I know that it's always going to be a different experience anytime I go to someone else's short-term rental. And while I'm here, uh, I figured, hey, why not take the opportunity to show some things that are, are a little bit different uh, than the standard system, but also to help you see how when you're not running a system or how to detect if, what type of short-term rental host you're dealing with. And because there are many different types out there, but there are some that are, they're trying and they're doing a decent enough job, but there's some very basic and important things that come down that you must absolutely hit. Now, uh, I said security. Security is huge. So it's cleanliness. And then we got to talk about things like Wi-Fi, right? But security is huge if you want people to feel safe uh, wherever they're staying. Now, as far as it goes when it comes to security here, this neighborhood, it's, I mean, it's fine. It's nothing great. It's nothing bad. But at the same time, you want your neighbors to feel safe no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing and how it works. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to point out some things as I go through the unit because I think it will help you to see some of the things that you may want to do or may not want to do. And but specifically understand some security measures that you could put in place that I think would make a tremendous difference for what it is that you're looking to do. In this particular case, the way in, uh, the, the access is through what is known as a lockbox. So that gray item that on the front of the door is it's just a normal lockbox. Realtors use these a lot. Uh, someone who has a lot of real estate experience probably uses these. And that's my suspicion as to who's running this particular uh, short-term rental. Again, it looks like it was a traditional long-term rental at one time, and then someone converted it or is now trying to convert the use into a, a short-term rental. Now, in this particular case, what I want to point out is that when you are talking about something to be secure, security and convenience usually don't go together. So that was very that's very convenient. Uh, I'm sure what happened is that maybe it was an email, maybe it was a text message, but an email or a text message goes out to the person after they make the reservation and says, hey, uh, here's the code. So let, let's let's find out because I, I believe my wife got it. So how, how did you get the information for getting in here? Uh, through a text message. A text message. And that text message was what? Directly from him? Yes. Or the, but, yes. But what? Someone else had booked the reservation through Airbnb 
and sent us his direct contact information. So got it. So it was third party. Right. All right, no problem. And then, so the only thing you did was just take that text message, and it had a four digit code yeah. and said that was it. Yeah, yeah, got it. So was that convenient? Yeah, got it. But it's not secure. Does that make sense? Because let me ask you this: if you wanted to, who could you give that code to right now? Pretty much anybody. Exactly. And I more duplicate a key. You could right. Oh, that's right. And there's a key. Which I think I lost. Awesome. Even better. So understand there's a couple of things that right just straight from the bat that are insecure. They're just not secure. One, the lockbox is very convenient. A physical key, again, very convenient. Those two devices together make it convenient for your guests. It's easy in, easy out, no muss, no fuss, right? However, um, that lockbox code can now be given to whomever we wish. Not that we're going to do that, it, but it could be. And that's the same thing that could happen for you. Secondly, uh, that key, that key that we now have is a physical key, so we can go copy it as many times as we wish. And he would never know or she would never know. And that's the problem. Security and convenience are not necessarily always the same. Now, I'm not going to talk about uh, entry security methods, uh, entry security methods, but it's something that you need to know about is that uh, you, I don't think you should be using physical keys. <laughs> and if you are going to use a lockbox, that lockbox needs to be tied uh, to some sort of dynamic changing way, meaning every person who comes here needs to have a different code. So you could use that type of lockbox if you want, but it's going to take staff to change the code every time. Uh, and that information needs to be communicated. But there are other types of lockboxes today that will actually change the code dynamically and kind of tie it per guest or make it so that you can remotely change the code as well. But uh, we're going to keep going. I'm going to find some other things and I'm going to point those out to you. Uh, there's one thing in particular that's really important, um, but I, I, and I want to talk to you about that for sure. But uh, let's see what else we can find. Okay, so along the lines of making sure that you run a very tight ship and most importantly, a ship that you can scale and expand, one of the things you must do is you must have very comprehensive house rules. And when it comes to those house rules, it's not so much making the rules that's the issue, it's enforcing the rules that becomes the challenge. You need to be able to know if, hey, if I said there's no smoking, that you have a way of detecting that smoke happened when it's happening so that you can ask for it to stop. In fact, uh, what I do see, what you can see right here is that, what you can see right here is that he, he's got an alarm system or she's got an alarm system and the operator is asking that smoking not happen. Uh, in fact, is stating that there's even a fine if there, and, and is stating that there's a fine even if smoking is detected. That's great. That's good that you're posting signs. It's good that you're saying something. Here's the challenge though. How do you prove it? Because when it comes down to it, how do you prove that the smoking actually occurred? And more importantly, that that particular guest was doing the smoking. Uh, I'm not seeing any of the smoke uh, detection tools uh, that actually exist, like literally, none. So that that's also a challenge. In fact, another major, in fact, another major house rule often, and this is the one that will get you in trouble with neighbors more than anything. Neighbors will handle, let you smoke. They, they won't really care about smoking, but they will absolutely care 
about noise. And one of the things you must be able to do is detect noise when it happens. You can't let noise go and then find out after the fact. Noise and excessive noise has to be detected in progress, period. And it therefore needs to be addressed and stopped. In order for that to happen, you must have a proper technology and tools to do so. The number one thing that will get you in trouble isn't the city uh, or the way that you get in trouble with the city is because neighbors complain. And typically a neighbor's complaint starts with too much noise. To avoid that, there's tools and technology out there that has the ability to help you avoid the issues that are that can arise from noise. For example, uh, what are your quiet hours? Let's pretend that you have them. No, now to you probably need them, okay? So if you have quiet hours, when are they? More importantly, when your quiet hours, when it's time to be quiet, how do you know the exact level by decibel of noise that's being created? You probably don't. And this can become a security issue. This is how you can find out about parties too late. You can find out that there's too many people at the location. There are many reasons why noise detection can be very, very important. What if the guest says, hey, I never checked in or I never uh, or I've already left, but yet you're still able to detect noise. These are things that become defenses when it comes to saying, hey, either to a landlord or to a neighbor. These are the things that we have in place. We are doing our best to make sure that noise can indeed be detected. One of the premier products on the market right now is Noise Aware. NoiseAware.io. It's the product that every one of our students I've been using uh, to be able to detect noise. So when you don't or so when those holidays come around, you know, like the, the 4th of July or the uh, New Year's Eve or Christmas, and you're concerned about someone partying, this is the time where you can be checking uh, the actual graphs of how much noise is being created and your staff can make sure everybody's on alert. And within minutes of noise being detected, you can either be on the phone, be uh, talking to the platform, or most importantly, be talking to the guests directly and letting them know that, hey, we've gotten a report of too much noise and you can do so in real time and being able to do so has the ability to absolutely squash all kinds of issues. Okay. In fact, uh-oh. I'm mad. What happened? Okay, come here, follow me. <laughs> the bathroom was disappointing, I know. No washer and dryer? Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was pretty. Four bedroom house. It's actually a three. I'm, I'm telling you, I think it's a three bedroom, and this is the garage. Okay, I'm, whatever. I'm, it's still. Yeah, no, I no. got it. Interesting. See, there's so many little things. It's not that. Um, you you probably picked up on the fact that I think I, this particular location is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was originally a three bedroom house. He added on another bedroom. I don't know if it was permitted. I have no idea. Uh, I'm pretty sure that the bedroom that our bed is in is the bedroom where that was added because it, it looked like it was previously the garage. At least by floor plan, it would make sense for that to it. But it happens. And I can tell that this person was a real estate investor who is learning about short-term rentals. And he's doing the best he knows how to do right now. But you're going to do better. So here's my point. When it comes to detecting noise, though, you need to run a tight ship so that your, your customers know, so that your neighbors know, so that if, you, if you're leasing someone else's property, so that your landlord knows and you can stay on top of these things. 
And as I was saying, Noiseware is by far the the company that uh, we use for this. And it's the company that most importantly, I think you should be using. And uh, my good friends over at Noiseware, what I want to do is I want to take you to another example of what happens when somebody has Noiseware installed. In fact, one of our students happened to have this particular situation. He was running a one-bedroom unit, a one-bedroom unit that is designed to sleep no more than six individuals. Now, oftentimes he has significantly less than that, somewhere between two and three and that would have been normal. So what's the lesson in all this? When you deploy a property security system, something that can monitor with eyes, something that can monitor with sound, and something that can monitor entry and exit in a secure manner, you can be the first one before anyone else to know exactly what's going on. And most importantly, you can be a good neighbor. You will have been a good operator, and you'll bring a good name to your business and to the industry as a whole. Thank you for tuning in to the Cashflow Diary podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe, share with a friend and leave a rating and a review. If you'd like to keep the conversation going, head over to CashflowDiary.com to sign up for our email list, as well as check out all the links and resources in the show notes. Thank you again. Until next time.